0: Hello and welcome back to Rainy Day Podcast with your host River. And Nico. Ooh. Today's episode is another True Crime and Mythology episode.
1: Ooh. Oh what a lovely thing that is. Woo <laughs> <laughs> woo.
0: Episode seventeen. We're close to twenty. And uh, that's exciting for us, so... Is it? Yes, it is. Cool. Cause we it's do a special thing for episode 20. We should. I don't know why. We should. Like, each time yeah. we go up a 10, we should do something special. We should. Yeah. We No, wait. We had always... Okay, guys, share your opinions on this either in the comments or... Or send us an email. How would you feel on if each episode, so episode 20, 30, 40, we invite a special guest. Oh. On. That
1: would be so fun.
0: Onto the episode. But it's not
1: actually a special guest, just, like, a friend.
0: Or someone that we know. And soon enough, if this podcast blows up, maybe it will be someone you guys know, too. (laughs) Whoa. Exactly. Um, There's definitely some people, some famous podcasters, I'd love to invite onto the show. But someday, someday. So, should we jump into this in this (laughs) episode?
1: Okay, I I'm going first again. Of course. There's so much pain (laughs) behind my voice. Okay, so, I did Orpheus, you know,
0: yay. I love Orpheus and Eurydice. How
1: do you say that? Eurydice? Eurydice. But am I s- a Eurydice? Eurydice. Okay. I did not know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I was- Mm. I don't know how to pronounce a lot of things, but it's okay. So, Orpheus was the son of Calliope, and, um, either a king of Thrace or Apollo, it depends on which version you look at, and, uh, his siblings were said to be the Graces, and, um, is that Red Linus? Uh Uh-huh. Uh, or end Linus of Thrace, which is interesting, and that was not added to my notes <laughs> because I am stupid and I do very bad notes sometimes.
0: I just know a lot about this topic, so I was like add, add, add.
1: Yeah. Um Apollo gave Orpheus his first is is it pronounced liar? Yeah. Yeah. He, Apollo gave Orpheus his first liar, which is... I'm imagining a human just, like, being handed to Orpheus. <laughs> just, like, that lies all the time. I stained <laughs> it's, my a, shirt. it's a musical
0: instrument. Yeah. I can't believe I stained my shirt just now. Oh, that sucks. I know.
1: Uh, so, uh, Orpheus, um, he created um, a, a lots of beautiful music you know as people do sometimes and mm-hmm. his music were were um, whoa his music was said to have moved all of nature with its beauty so like even like the rocks and trees and things that don't usually move moved of course yeah And no god or mortal could resist his music, which is... cool. Are you okay? Yeah, I... I I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, Orpheus is said to have helped mankind with developing agriculture, writing, and medicine, which is also cool, I guess. And he was a... A seer, is that? Sounds about right. <clears throat> Astrologer and founder of music, right? I don't know what that means, but yeah, that's what I read somewhere. Um, his music helped open up the minds of mankind. Sometimes, yeah, and that was that's fun. Why have they yawn? <laughs> That was unexpected, I'm sorry. You're good. Um, And Orpheus was also part of the story of Jason and the Argonauts, which we just covered, which makes me excited. Yay! And, um, he's said to have saved them with music from the sirens by playing more powerful music than the sirens could create.
0: Yes, his music was more beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um, I may have to yawn again. Oh, crap. I should set up.
0: Uh, it's human nature to yawn. It's good for your soul, I guess. would they think? No, wait, is it- no, it's sneezing. Sneezing. Because I was like, you're, you're yawning out the devil, but no, that's sneezing. <laughs> okay.
1: Anyways, moving on. Um uh wh- how do you pronounce his um um Eurydice Eurydice okay. okay, so when he returned from his um journey with Jason and whatnot, he got married to Eurydice and yes. um
0: what? I said yes okay. No, cause that's, this is what Town is based on, the Broadway musical. Okay.
1: Anyways, um, <laughs> their wedding was, like, really grand, and it had lots of food, and it had a feast, which is basically the same thing as a lot of food, and, um, I don't know how to pronounce that, um, name that you put in there, um. They had a child named uh this
0: this guy and I'll just <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't pronounce that. Um that guy. Muse musis? Muses no. Nah.
1: I wouldn't even try it, It's just it's there. And um I have the yacht again. <sighs> oh my god. Apparently it's bedtime and it's only 3:30 in the afternoon so I guess that sucks.
0: <laughs> Good job.
1: Um so soon his wife was killed by a snake bite but this was because somebody wanted Eurydice to himself so he came up with a plan to kill Orpheus. So then Orpheus was like I don't like that and when the man <laughs> came up to to them to try to kill him he grabbed Eurydice by the hand, and he ran. And then Eurydice was like, woo! And then she fell, and she stepped on a nest of venomous snakes, or poisonous snakes, or whatever the difference is. Pretty sure it's venomous, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. And so, um, Orpheus was like, hey, I don't like that my wife is dead, so I'm gonna go into the underworld and try to save her. So, yeah, that's what he did. But he had to, he, to get into the underworld, he charmed the ferryman. that, I don't like that, uh, with his music, and then, um, Severus, right, Severus?
0: Oh, wait, do you want me to go on your dock? No.
1: Yeah, the dog that guarded, um, the three-headed dog.
0: I thought it was Cerberus. What? what? I don't know
1: how to pronounce it!
0: How'd you say it again? Say it again.
1: Cerberus. I thought it was Cerberus. No, Cerberus. There's an R in there. I never <laughs> saw the R. Yeah. Cerberus. Okay, that makes sense. I pronounce- I've been pronouncing it my wrong my entire life. <laughs> but I never really say anything about it, so I guess that's okay. I might just go- curl up and die somewhere later, but it's okay. Um, yeah, and he um also charmed the guardians of River Styx. Hmm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that either, because I'm not you're sure. I do not right. think anymore. You're right. Um, so his his music was so so beautiful and moving that H- Hades and Persephone let Orpheus take his wife home. And, But there was one condition to this And um, so Orpheus could never look back And check to see if Eurydice was still there <laughs> So um, he, he was only able to talk to her And hear the sound of her voice from behind him So when they reached the, the light Of getting back from the underworld Orpheus turned back to see if Eurydice was still there and she wasn't, or she was, but then she just disappeared because he looked back, and nobody ever saw her again, including Orpheus, which was kind of self-explanatory because nobody ever saw her again.
0: Yeah, but it adds on to the effect, the emotional effect. It's like including Orpheus, and you're just like,
1: <laughs> okay, um. So yeah, um. Uh, later in his life, uh, Orpheus was, uh, killed by the woman of Thrace. Um, I don't know why, actually. I should have looked into that, but I didn't. It's okay. And, um, he was buried by the Muses after being gathered together, so apparently he was torn to pieces somehow. I don't know, because I, I don't know. I really, I really should do better research. I seriously, I need to get my stuff together, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, his his lyre was um put into a constellation, so that's cool. And mm-hmm. uh, many painters were um inspired by the love of Orpheus and Eurydice, so that's also cool. And yeah, that's the end.
0: Mm-hmm. X out of the tab and never see it again. Do do do. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. So, uh, it says that in one story that Orpheus died at the hands of my nads of Dionysus, who tired of his mourning for his late wife so they got annoyed that he was mourning his wife (laughs) so they were like you're annoying you're sad you're dead
1: that's
0: (laughs) fine you're annoying you're sad you're dead interesting um so anyway this is the story of andrea bowman so Andrea Bowman uh, lived in Holland, Michigan in 18, in 18, in 1988. In 1888. Back in my day. Don't make fun of me. uh, Andrea was 14 years old. She was staying out at school long after the school day had ended. uh, And she finally decided to talk to her teachers and said that she was afraid to go home. Trigger warning for assault, but primarily sexual assault on a minor, so that should be added. Uh, so the school calls the police and social services when they go to Cres- Cres- Crescent, they- <laughs> what is wrong with me? When they go to question Andrea, she tells them that her father, Dennis Bowman, had been sexually assaulting her. Police and social and a social worker es- escort her home and go to confront her parents, Dennis and Brenda. The, de- the two deny this allegation made by Andrea. They explain that Andrea recently found out that she was adopted and that she used this story to rebel against her parents. Andrea, wa- Andrea was known to have a rebellious past and even ran away once and escaped to her friend's house. The police and social services leave, and the family then moves to a trailer outside of the town in Algon County. March eleventh, nineteen eighty-nine. Brenda is at work, and Dennis comes home from visiting family. He then sees that and- yeah that was sorry—that Andrea is nowhere to be seen, even though she was supposed to be staying home to work on her homework. He calls Brenda, and the two call the police to report her missing. Dennis says he believes Andrea stole $100 from his dresser before running away. The police classify Andrea as an endangered runaway. So, now a little bit more background on Andrea. Andrea Michelle Bowman, whose birth name was Alexis Miranda Badger, was born on June 23, 1974 in New Orleans. Or, Orland. Wow. New Orleans. How do you- I don't know what the right pronunciation is for that.
1: People pronounce it both ways, New Orleans and New Orleans. It depends on who you are, I guess.
0: Yeah. I don't even know how I pronounce it. I feel like I pronounce it differently each time. Um, yeah. Uh, her mother was 16 and was named Kathy Turkanian. Kathy and her 19-year-old husband, Randy, the two had left their old, dysfunctional homes, hoping to create, to create a new life. Kathy wanted to give her daughter a better life, but after a few months her and her hus- her but after a few months of the marriage, her husband started cheating on her and neglecting the baby. Kathy left Randy and went back to her hometown in Virginia to live with her mom. Her mom won't help with the baby and says Kathy can't take care of the baby alone. This leads Kathy to put up Andrea for adoption, hoping that Andrea will get the life that she deserves at five months old. She spent 16 months in foster care until Dennis and Brenda Bowman, who were living in Virginia at the time, adopted her in 1976. This is when they moved to West Michigan. So, January 1988, Brenda gives birth to a baby baby girl named Vanessa. 14-year-old Andrea is very protective over her, her over her sister and spends all her free time taking care of her. In 1980, when Andrea was six, Dennis is arrested for the rape slash attempted rape of a 19-year-old woman. The woman said that Dennis forced her at gunpoint into a wooded area and threatened to blow a hole right through her if she didn't do what he said. A passing card distracts Dennis and the woman is able to get away on her bike. He is arrested that day and picked out of a lineup. He cuts a deal with the prosecutors and pleads guilty to the assault with intent to commit criminal sexual conduct and is sentenced to five to ten years in prison. He spends five years in prison and is released in 1986 and is still on parole when Andrea disappears in 1989. Rumors go around town about her being potentially abused at home and in middle school people said she got on the bus and her wrist was bleeding and they weren't sure why. People minded their own business and didn't look into it at all. Dennis and Brenda then move to Hamilton, Michigan, and Brenda keeps calling Andrea's friends and the police hoping for updates. She tells the police that she keeps getting tips, but none of them ever work out. Now it is 1993, and Andrea has been missing for four years, and the band Soul Asylum releases the music video for Runaway Train, which, by the way, is a very popular song. This was a song about missing children, and the video featured 36 pictures of missing children. And Andrea is featured in the video. This music video helps find 25 out of the 36 missing children. Andrea is not one of them, and her case remains unsolved and becomes a cold case. But, in Are you okay?
1: I sneezed. I was trying to mute myself before I did it, but I didn't get to my computer in time. <laughs> okay,
0: because all you hear is... Nyeh, nyeh. And then silence. I was silence. trying to prevent
1: myself from sneezing, too, so I just kind of, like, held my nose and then it just kind of made a sound
0: and yeah. <laughs> Fair. In 1998, Dennis is caught breaking and entering the house of his former co-worker Vicky Brink in Michigan. She had had a lot of break-ins and so she installed a security device and when the alarm goes off a police officer heads to the house an officer sees Dennis leaving through the back door of Vicky's house Dennis says that he has been staying with Vicky and the officer believes him and lets him go. I really love saying had had brings me joy um so Vicky tells the police that Dennis was lying they search his home and find a duffel bag filled with Vicky's lingerie a mask, and a black sweatshirt, and then a short, barreled shotgun. He is arrested and pleads guilty to the breaking and entering. After showing the court letters, but then... Entering. But then he starts showing the court's letters of people defending his character, which the people were, like, his boss, his wife, and, like, people at church, I believe. Um, That was not written down. Um, He writes a letter to the judge speaking of how he is a father of two daughters, one who is 25, and one who is 11, and that being a parent is one of the most important and sobering things a person can undertake, but he doesn't mention that his 25-year-old daughter, Andrea, has been missing for 10 years. These letters help him, and they lessen his sentence. In 2009, an amateur forensic sketch artist in California named Carl Koppelman is scrolling through the National Database of Missing Persons and Other Unidentified Bodies, which is pronounced Namus, but it's spelled like capital N, lowercase a-m, capital U, lowercase s. Um, and it's a public, like, website. Um, and sees a Jane Doe found in a cornfield in 1999. And she had suffered broken bones and signs of sexual assault. But rain and decay made it difficult to identify and find a cause of death for the body. Koppelman types in her basic traits in namus and finds a close match to Andrea. The ages match up to how old she would have been in 1999 and is a four-hour drive from where she has been last seen. And this inspires them to look at this cold case again. They need a relative's DNA, though, to see if the Jane Doe is her. They track down Kathy, her biological mother, And when they talked to her uh, in 2010, she has completed nursing school and now lives with her new husband in Massachusetts and had always wondered about her daughter and hoped that she was happy. And the letter saying her daughter could have been murdered is absolutely heartbreaking for her. Kathy provides DNA and wants to know more about her daughter and what happened to her. She looks through the internet internet, and sets sets up a Facebook page in a classmates.com page, and her and Carl connect through classmates.com. Don't ask me what that is. Um, she files for a Freedom of Information Act request to learn more about Dennis. She learns of these crimes, and suspects that he is involved with Andrea's uh, disappearance and wants to find more proof. The DNA comes back, and the Jane Doe is not Andrea, and is identified as Peggy Johnson later on. Kathy and... What? Okay. Kathy and Carl go to Michigan to talk to old friends and scope out the Bowman's house. Okay, this piece of information is very important, so pay attention. They then see in the backyard and see a patch of cement in the property. September 2013, Carl and Kathy attend a missing person event called Missing in Michigan, Kathy and Carl then spot Brenda and her daughter Vanessa. Brenda approaches Kathy about the allegations she is making against Dennis on social media. They start screaming about one another and Kathy says that Brenda has to tell the truth about her husband. Brenda defends Dennis, of course, because, you know, she's just like, this is my husband, why would he do anything bad to this child we brought into our home? Cold case investigators, though, in Virginia are making headway on an unrelated case in 1980. It is referred to as the 1980 unsolved murder of Kathleen O'Brien Doyle. She was 25 years old, an aspiring novelist, and she was the daughter of a U.S. naval officer who was married to a Navy pilot. Kathleen's husband was deployed in 1980, and that left her alone in her Virginia home. She was found... She was found raped, bound, and murdered in her home. In 1983, the police thought they had found their culprit when the serial killer Henry Lee Lucas confessed to her murder. Then DNA testing proved that to be a lie. Her case then went cold, but when genetic testing technology started to improve in the 2000s, they ran her case's DNA samples through their new DNA database and got a list of 30... potential suspects they then needed to collect DNA from each of the suspects in 2019 they meet detectives in Michigan and when they show the detectives in Michigan the suspect list Michigan investigators recognize the name Dennis Bowman they put the timeline together and see that Bowman was still living in Michigan on bail for the attempted rape of 19 year old woman Kathleen wait not Kathleen That was the one from before, but I just didn't see my- I thought my period was a comma, but it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kathleen Doyle's murder happened when Dennis was on a two-week leave for his Navy Reserve requirement, and this happens in Virginia. Getting Dennis's DNA is easier than anyone imagined, because Brenna and Dennis had gone to the police station and complained about the online harassment from Kathy- they gave, they, then gave, they then give Dennis a bottle of water, which he drank out of, then just left there. Which, like, wow, you didn't even take it or, like, recycle it. But whatever. The cops then saved the bottle and put it in, put his DNA into file. Because they're like, well, this guy has done a lot, so we're just going to keep his DNA on file. The Virginia investigators test the sample and find a direct match to Dennis. So good thing he wasn't respectful and left his water bottle there. But like, Hmm. if you don't murder people, please clean up your water bottles. Because like, or like, or or like, bring it with you. Because like, no one wants to pick up someone's water bottle they drank out of like just putting it out there um November 22nd 2019 Michigan police raid the now 72 year old Dennis Bowman's house and arrest him he admits to Kathleen's murder and says he only meant to rob her like wow like wow what, well, what, what? I, I only intended to rob her you know I, it wasn't supposed to go this far like dude that's still bad but then he decides to blame her for her own murder and says that she surprised him and then he knew he just had to kill her oh my god i know he pleads guilty on june 10th 2020 he is given he's given yeah he's given two life sentences and 20 years for burglary wow can you help me
1: Burglary?
0: No. Oh, God. You you messed me up. Burglary.
1: Burglary.
0: Charges. (laughs) Okay. We're doing great. Uh, Kathy still wants justice for her daughter. While behind bars, Dennis starts confessing to more crimes. He confesses to the 1979 rape of an unnamed 27-year-old Michigan woman. Then around December 2019 to January 2020, in a written confession and a phone call to Brenda, he confesses to killing Andrea and claims it was an accident. So this is when stuff, stuff really starts going in this case. He claims that when he came home, Andrea threatened to tell more people of how he sexually assaulted her. In the heat of the moment, he slaps her and knocks her down a flight of stairs, And in this fall, she breaks her neck. Oh. Yeah, so... Like... Just because, like, you accidentally kill someone doesn't mean it's good. Just just putting it out there. Okay. And
1: once it's in self-defense, then it's very justifiable. Well... Sort of.
0: It, like, still is not good, but, like, yeah... Yeah. It also depends the case of- Because self-defense can be very, like, used- Some people abuse the term self-defense, you know? Yeah. When it's not really self-defense. In this case, he is one- he's a person who is like, It was self-defense. She said that she was gonna tell people that I was sexually assaulting her. And it's like, mm,
1: That's mm, not self That's, that's not
0: self-defense. True, no. Just trying
1: to cover yourself.
0: Yeah, and even though he didn't mean to and it was an accidental, he still he still did it, you know? Um yeah. and the next steps is like if he really felt sorry, he wouldn't have done these next steps. He takes her body to a barn, dismembers her and burns her clothes, and hides her remains under a tarp. When they moved to Hamilton, he buries her and covers her grave in a thin layer of cement. The exact same cement that Andrea's mother, Kathy, saw in the backyard. Okay? Wow. Imagine seeing that and being like, that looks suspicious, and then figuring out, like, wow, I just saw my daughter's grave. Yeah. That- that- mm mm-mm. No. The police dig up the area and find remains. When they run a DNA test, it is confirmed that it is 14-year-old Andrea Bowman. Brenda is completely shocked that her adopted daughter's remains had been found in her backyard and had sat there for over 30 years. February 2021. So, not that long ago. Andrea's Hearing starts, Brenda admits that when Andrea confided in her, saying that Dennis had been molesting her, Brenda couldn't believe what her daughter was saying, and tells Andrea, that's a lie, and you know it. Which, now we know, it was not a lie. The trial then got delayed by COVID, as most trials did, but got rescheduled for January 11th, 2022. Oh my god, wait, that's... Yeah. We just passed on Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021, Dennis pled no contest. What? Yeah. No contest to the second-degree murder. The sentencing for him will happen on February 7th, 2022. So, when that finally happens, we'll give you guys an update. Um, Kathy will be there and is working on being able to take custody of Andrea's remains. Kathy still calls her daughter Alexis and wants to arrange the funeral and give her daughter a proper burial. That is the end, but not fully end, of my story and the story of Andrea Bowman. So, I don't know. I didn't- when I first took up, like- researching this case I didn't realize how recent it would be cause in the beginning it's like yes 1980s I'm like oh and now it's like the guy who did it like still hasn't been charged and is like literally next month yeah so anyway time for everyone's favorite part of the episode Follow us on our Instagram at rainy underscore day underscore podcast. Visit our website at rainydaypodcast.webnode.com And go to our Spotify where you can look it up as Rainy Day Podcast. <laughs> our email is
1: rainydaypodcast at gmail and our Facebook is Day Podcast. And there's a group and a page and they are linked.
0: So there. Thank you guys for listening. Woo <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye everyone. Goodbye. Bye.